If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Exodus. That's in the second book of the Bible, chapter 36. I'm going to read some scripture a little bit later on, but you can go ahead and get there. We'll have it on, screen, on the screen if you don't have it, but if you want to get there uh, when I get to it um, to be ready for that, that that'll be good. But uh, the Bible, you know, if you read through the Bible or read portions or parts of the Bible, you can see that uh, it's just filled with stories of how God deals with people. And a lot of stories that we read in there are how God uh, has given people success and how he's blessed them. There's things that God has said, this is what I want for you. And, uh, and then we've, we've seen how God has, has made that happen in their lives. Now, the thing to realize as we read through that is sometimes those things that God wants for people, sometimes it happens uh, pretty quickly. And you can, God can say something and then very shortly after that you see that, that happen. And then at other times, there are things that, that we see that God says that he wants this for people or for them to be successful in this area. But it's a little bit of a longer process, and it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes sometimes a long time to see the results of what God wants for us. Now, Moses, if you're familiar with Moses in the Bible, he's a good example of that. God used Moses to lead the children of Israel out of slavery. And he, he told them, you know, I'm going to get you out of here. I'm going to lead you to this promised land. And it's just a wonderful place that we want you to be. And, you know, you're thinking, all right, you know, Moses is going to charge in and bust everybody out. And, you know, they're going to take off. And then, you know, uh, after uh, midnight, they'll be into their promised land. And uh, it wasn't really that long of a distance to where they were going but but it took them 40 years to get there <laughs> because of different things. And, and uh, you know, if, if you've never looked on a biblical map to see where the Israelites left and where the promised land was and then see a map that shows their actual journey, it's pretty interesting. So you can do that. So, But, but God said, this is what I have for you. It, it was definite. You're going to enter into this promised land. And it took 40 years for them to get there. And sometimes that's the way... Uh, that things happen. David is another good example. David, David was a 15-year-old nobody working in the fields with the sheep. And uh, it was told uh, that he was going to be the next king of Israel and was actually, you know, called in. And, and uh, they're looking over the, the qualifications of all the ones that are there and all of the other brothers were there who looked qualified and David wasn't even in the room and don't you have don't you have another son and so they called David in and basically say you know okay hey this is it David you're going to be the next king uh, of, of these people and and they had a king at the time but he's being told you're going to be king 15 years old and and so it took it took another six uh or he's six maybe around 16 years old and it took another 15 years to pass before david actually was the king and so sometimes god says hey this is what i want for you and you can say wow man that was you know wow that was quick sometimes um it takes a while to realize and to be able to see what god is doing in our lives uh, as he as he deals with us and helps us to be successful now uh I would say that uh, you're probably the same way. There are probably things like that that have happened with you. Sometimes there are things that are immediate, immediate, and then sometimes maybe there's things that's taken a while. Um, there may be things that you've prayed for, and God has answered that prayer, and it's been like, wham, you know, just like you, you hardly finished praying the prayer, and you just knew that, that things had been answered. And then there are other things that you may still be praying for, and it's been years 
and years and years. And you may even think or may have even thought, I just don't know if God is ever going to answer this prayer, especially in the way that I would like for it to be answered. Uh, so, you know, you've experienced that. And then if you've experienced, it's been a long time, it's been a long time, it's been a long time, and then finally it happens. When it does happen, it's almost like, you know, what a relief. And, and that long period of time doesn't seem as long when it gets answered, especially in the way that we want it to. So I think, you know, we can identify with that. And so what I want to share with you this morning is those of you who have been in financial peace, uh, maybe you're not in it right now, you've been through it before, or maybe you've even experienced some of this and you've never even been a part of a financial peace class. But for, for some of us, as you've started this financial peace stuff, um, you may have experienced some very quick success in doing that. You know, maybe it was uh, you got things together and you, you had uh, your budget together and you started experiencing some success quickly. And maybe you, you were able to get things together in such a way it's like, yeah, emergency fund, a thousand bucks, man, I can do that. And, and you got that taken care of. And some of you maybe, as you really got serious, you've already, uh, I know you have because I've talked to you, you've already paid off some debt. And, and that, that nine weeks is a very short period of time if you have not been that conscious about your finances and paying attention to your finances and budgeting with your money. Nine weeks is a short period of time for you to start that process and then experience some success. So some of you have already probably experienced some of that, and it's been, uh, it's been a big deal. Maybe, maybe the immediate step for you has been, uh, you know, I've never even had a budget. Now at least I have a budget, and we're thinking about trying to do all this kind of stuff. And that's just been an immediate kind of thing. And then on the other hand of that, there are probably some things that, you know, haven't happened. I, I would venture to say, uh, unless some of you, this has happened and you've not shared it with me, none of you have started Financial Peace nine weeks ago, and today you're totally debt-free, you've paid off your house, you have your retirement ready, and all your 401K and your Roth IRAs are full, your kids are uh, taken care of for college, and your emergency fund is fully funded. I don't think that has all happened for all of you uh, you know, in, in a short period of nine weeks. So there are some things that you're still waiting on. There's things that, that you know God wants for you as a success, uh, but it's taken some time. And you may have even gotten discouraged as you watched some of the videos and realized, man, I am just, I'm not even close to being there. And, and you're looking at, I'm on, I'm on that getting my emergency fund now, I'm working on trying to pay off my debt and the snowball, and, and, and you're looking like, your, your snowball is, it's not small to start off with to roll and get bigger. You're starting off with a huge snowball, right? And you feel like you can't even push that thing to get it rolling. Uh, but you're working at it, and you can know that it's going to take some time, but there's success for you as you stick with it and as you move on with things uh, and as you, as you realize what those long-term benefits you uh, are going to be maybe it's that you know fully uh, funded emergency fund are you going to get the debt paid off you're going to have things together and in place for retirement um, those kinds of things and 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 they may take a while so uh, so I just want to encourage you to not be discouraged and to realize that that's kind of how God works sometimes they're short things sometimes it takes a while to be able to um, to be able to see what God has for us so stick with it and hang in there don't don't breathe a sigh of relief and say man I'm glad the class is over 
now I can get back to doing what I've always done with my finances. If, if, if you were not in a good situation when this started and now you've tried to get in that situation, don't give up, stick with it. Because if you go back to the way it was, you'll just continue to add up the problems that you've already noticed that have been a part of your financial life. So just an encouragement um, to move on with that. Sometimes the things that we uh, have set before us as far as the success with God, you know, there are things sometimes that you may not ever even see the results. Moses spent 40 years with the Israelites wandering around in the desert trying to get them to the promised land. He never got to cross over and step foot into the promised land that he had led these people to all those years. He never got to even go there. So there may be some things that you're setting in place. Maybe, maybe you're getting your stuff together and, and down the road your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren are really, really, really going to see the benefit because you've decided now. And there'll be some talk and you will have left a legacy with your family of, yeah, remember back, back in, you know, the, what, 2014 or somewhere way anciently back down in there, my relatives got their act together and because they did... They, they showed others in their family how to do that in their family, which is now my family. And now we live like we're supposed to, and we don't have debt. And we give, and, and we're doing what we're supposed to do, and God is continuing to bless us. Man, what an awesome thing to know that you've got an opportunity to leave a legacy like that. And it may be some things that you don't actually experience, but it's for the good of those who are coming behind you. And so stick with it, I, I, I encourage you. So what I want to do this morning is share with you a few things, and, and then we're going to look at this scripture. It's something that maybe you've never seen before in scripture, and uh, it's just awesome uh, that I want to share with you. But just think, I want to show you some things about our church, Freedom Fellowship. We've experienced some things that have been those uh, viewed as maybe short-term successes and then things that we're you know still waiting on, still working on. So just got a couple of things to remind you of and show you that in our church, Here's some things that have happened. In 2004, is, uh, you know, Cliff started thinking God wanted to start a church. And, and 2004 is when he and he had three other couples that said, yeah, we'll do that with you. And they began to meet and pray about what Freedom Fellowship was going to be and what God wanted to do. And they met around their dining room table praying and, and asking, you know, hey, God, you know, what is it? What do you want us to do? What kind of church do you want this to be? Uh, and just dreaming about what this church would look like back in 2004. And that's not that long ago, but that's just a, you know, kind of a, hey, we're, we're, we're thinking about this, praying about this, this is what God wants, not even realizing or knowing what was going to happen or what it was going to look like down the road. And now here we are in 2014, look at, look at uh, what the church looks like and what's been going on and what's been happening. So the church, though, didn't actually start until 2005. So it wasn't, hey, let's get together and see about starting a church, and then next Sunday they, we start having a worship service. I mean, so it, that's a little longer-term success of let's, let's see what God's going to do and put things together and make things happen. So, um, so that's when the, the church started, uh, and, and today continues to be a church that helps people discover the true freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ, and that was kind of what was talked about in those very early, early days. Um, the things that we've been able to do, we have supported new church starts even before the very first official meeting. As I talked with Cliff, now the church started officially, met in March, and we, we didn't come here until August of that same year to start helping out with what's going on. So a few months had already gone by, but Cliff told me early on, as those couples were gathering around those tables and praying and thinking about what God wanted, and they were giving then, those couples were giving to what Freedom Fellowship was going to be. 
even that early on, they started sending money to help support new church starts, and they weren't even a church themselves. Freedom Fellowship really didn't officially exist as far as having an official meeting place or a time yet. And the people who were meeting, praying about this church and what it was going to be, knew early on then supporting new church plants was something that this church wanted to do. So they've been doing that. Freedom Fellowship has been doing that basically before it was officially a church. So that's just awesome to think about. So since then, over the years, as, as we look at what's happened, we've supported at least 10 different new church starts including the four that we're currently supporting right now. I mean, ten different new church starts. Now, not to brag on us, but just to say, look at what God is doing and look at what He has done. There are churches that never support new church starts. And people who would have an excuse, well, we're just a new church. You know, we're just a new church ourselves, And we, we can't even get going. We're, we're not even up on our own yet. How do you expect us to help somebody else? I remember when I came here, we were receiving some help from another church. So we were receiving help as a new church start, and we were sending help to other people who were doing the same thing. So I think that's awesome. Think about the things we've done through community outreach with uh, Halloween Hoopla and the people that we've reached through there and the way we've shown this community that we care for them and that we love the children in this community and we want to provide things for them. The stuff that we've done with, with Turn It Up uh, recently, the things that we've done with, the, we've, we've helped different schools at different times and have invested some manpower and some financial resources that help those teachers especially and those children uh, in, in the public schools that, that we have helped. Uh, you know, or hopefully you know, if you don't, you know, we support Water of Life, which is a local mission that's located in here in Greer, but they go over and, and provide fresh water in areas of uh, Sierra Leone and India and Liberia. Man, it's awesome. You put money in the offering. We have designated money from our offering that's budgeted each month that we send to Water of Life, and that helps them to go over there and do that. And, and they not only just provide water, but uh, Roland Bergeron, who is, who is over that, and I've talked with him, and it's a, one of the reasons that we support them. They go over and they do that, but they tell people about Jesus. They don't just provide water. They tell them who the living water is, and that's awesome, and that's one of the reasons why we, why we support them. Um, Alex's house, which, which you just heard about. Uh, there's Old and a Lady Church that Mark mentioned about in Africa that we helped for several years, and have, we did some great things with them and, and was able to help uh, build a, a children's feeding station, which uh, talk about, you know, waiting for success for things. Uh, I think just now, after we went several years ago, just now is about to the stage of completion as things, you know, just it just took time for things to happen. But those kids are going to be able to go there, and they're going to be able to get a, a hot meal and, uh, after school and be able to be fed. So that's awesome. Most importantly, you know, we've had over 125 baptisms. You can clap for that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's why we exist, really, to change people's lives and introduce them to God. And those are just the ones that we know of that we've been able to experience through actual baptism of people's lives being changed. And, and that's just an awesome celebration of no. Look at how God has blessed us. Look at the success that God has given this church. Now, here's the thing that I, that I think about when I was going through all this. And here's the thing that I want you to know as we talk about 
financial peace and money and being debt-free and how, getting my finances together. Think about this. All of the things that I've just mentioned and some things that I haven't mentioned because I didn't name everything that we've done that has been a, a great ministry or has had success. Those are just some of the highlights. But all of those things that I have mentioned, we've done those having been in debt. Think about that. All of the things and more have been done while having debt. Now, we had some debt here at the church because we had the property out on Highway 290. And recently, you guys were awesome. And we said, hey, let's get this paid off. And y'all gave. And we put money out of the budget. And, and that, we don't have any debt as a church. That, that's paid off. Isn't that awesome? It's paid off. Yeah. We can celebrate for that. That's, you know, you guys did that. That was awesome that, that y'all responded in, in that way. And we were able to do that. But, but just knowing uh, with financial peace... Knowing uh, the numbers that Cliff shared with us, I think, last week, that we have basically 92 families represented, about 160 people total, but about 92 families represented. And out of those 92 families, we had a total non-mortgage debt of about $2.3 million. That's about $25,000 per family on average. And some of you had none, and some of you obviously then are going to have more for that to average out to be around 25000 So just think about that. All the things that we've mentioned, all the success that we've had, the wonderful things that we've been able to do, all the influence and the impact that we've been able to have on this community and make a difference for God, He has allowed us to do that. And look at what we've done, and we've got $2.3 million worth of debt. Think about what we could do if we had no debt. If we can do all that and carry the debt that we've had, think about what we could do even more when that debt is gone. Because I believe what Cliff said last week and what I've experienced, Freedom Fellowship is a church who loves people and wants to help people and has a heart of giving. And, and I know, not to put any pressure on you, because I'm not going to be checking up on you, you know. But I know for those of you who have large amount of debt, when that debt gets gone, I know probably one of the things that's on the top of the list is that you want to do some more giving of things that you'd like to be able to give to, but you can't because you're strapped with debt. It's amazing what I think God's going to be able to do. So, so here's a couple of questions, uh, you know, that I have for you. What would it look like if the people of freedom were free of financial debt? What would this church look like? What would this community look like? What would this world look like? What would the kingdom of God look like? If that were true. And then the other question is similar. What could the people of God do for the kingdom of God if we were debt free? Just think about that. All right, now I want to give you a, a glimpse of what it could be like. Look in Exodus chapter 36. I'm going to read those scriptures, verses 1 through 7. And once again, as we always say, if... You're expecting a child, and you're kind of looking through the names of babies, and you're wanting to, you know, you're just struggling. Is it Tom? Is it going to be Jim? Well, you know, what's the name going to be? You know, just go to the Bible. Right here's a couple of good examples. You can, uh, Bezalel or Aholiab, you know, those are two good ones. They're probably not in your regular children's name book, right? Okay, Exodus 36, the, the first seven verses. Listen to this. Uh, talking about God had instructed the people. And go back and read... Uh, Go back and, and read chapter 35 as well sometime, and, and it's just it's pretty neat. But this is kind of 
the end of 35. They're, they're wanting to build this sanctuary, this tabernacle. God has said, this is what I want you to build. He's given them the details of how it needs to be and what needs to happen. So, so here's kind of where, where it picks up. And it says, um, So Bezalel and Holiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. And then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given the ability who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled craftsmen who were doing all the work on the sanctuary, left their work and said to Moses, the people are bringing, read the next part with me, more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Go back and read that again. The people are doing how much? Keep your reading. All right. More than enough. So he come to them and they say they're giving more than enough. So then, verse 6, Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make, any, is to, uh, make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. Because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Is that not amazing? Have you ever read that? Have you ever seen that? That can you imagine? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Mark Johnson. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Donnie at the church. Yeah. Hey, we've uh, we've been getting you check every week, but uh, you're going to have to stop, man. We uh, <laughs> We got too much. Uh, can you can you imagine? trotting to the temple that morning and you're bringing your offering most saying, hey, that's it, man. We, y'all, y'all got to take that stuff back. We got way too much. Can, can you imagine? I can tell you. I've been in ministry for, for right at 30 years. Nobody in any church that I've been a part of has ever told me to quit giving. I personally, as the pastor of three different churches over those years, never have I went to anybody in any church, especially the churches that I was a part of, and said, hey, y'all, that's enough. Y'all have got to quit. Now, listen, you got to quit. It says they were restrained. I mean, you know, we're going to put you in handcuffs if you keep trying to give, right? And they were restrained. Nope, you can't give. That's never happened. Nobody's ever told me to quit giving because I'm giving too much, right? When I read that, I know I've read that before. I read that as I was preparing for this, and I'm thinking, you are kidding me. They told them they could not give. I wonder how many people got mad and left the church. <laughs> people get mad and leave the church because you talk about giving. I wonder if all of them said, well, if you're not letting me give, I'm going to give my money somewhere else. You know, <laughs> probably that probably didn't happen, right? Good night. Can you imagine how that would be to ha- be in a situation to where you are told, hey, we don't need any more. Man, y'all have just, y'all have responded so much. And it says morning after morning they came and they gave. You know, it didn't wait till Sunday 
to see if there's anything left. And then they'd drop a little something in. If it, they, kept, they was bringing what they knew. And, then, and you go back and read chapter, chapter 35 and see what they were instructed and the materials they needed and what kinds of things they could bring. But they were bringing the stuff so much that they had to be told to stop. Now, I'll tell you, like I just said, you know, I have, I have pastored three different churches myself. I've been on staff, some other churches. And here's what I know to be true. And I've said this long before this series and this message. And I can just say it about the churches that I pastored. If everybody who were in the churches that I pastored who called that church their home church. Where do you go to church? And they, well, this is my church. If everybody who said that about that church actually tithed 10% of what they made, none of the churches that I pastored would have ever had a need for anything. I think that's true for every church around that I can think of. If everybody who said, yeah, that's my church. Where do you go to church? Oh, that's my church. Yeah, old pastor so-and-so. Yeah, we're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing this and we're doing that. If all those people who said, this is my church, if everybody actually just gave the minimum of 10% of their income, there would be no need. Now, I don't know if we'd tell you to quit giving, but <laughs> maybe we would. I don't know. We've never had that opportunity, right? There'd be, there would not be a need. I, I firmly believe that. Now, listen, that's not a feel guilty and that's not a shame on you if you're not giving 10%. It's not that. I'm just saying, here's what happened in this story in the Bible of how God blessed people and used them to do the things that He wanted to get done. There was a direction from God of saying, this is what I want you to do and this is how I want you to do it and this is what it's going to take. Now, the people are going to need to get that together. The people saw that, bought into that, and they said, we're going to give. And they did it so much that they had to quit and they had what they needed and the temple was built. The sanctuary was built. That's awesome to know that they did that. So, so again, I, I'm going to reiterate what I said Cliff said. That's a reiteration of the reiteration, I think. Is that the way that works? Is that I know you guys here at Freedom Fellowship, those of you who say, this is my church, this Freedom Fellowship is, is, is my church, that, that you're generous in heart and want to help, and a lot of you do way more uh, than I could ever imagine. But here's, here's what I know to be true, is that a lot of you want to give but you can't because you're in debt. And you're saying, man, you know, there's that, there's that trip to Haiti and there's so-and-so's going and I know them and oh, I'd love to be able to just write them a check for 50 bucks and say, here, put this toward your trip. I can't do that. I, I believe that's true for a lot of us is that, you know. And so whereas the people in this story were restrained from giving because there was too much, we become restrained from giving because we have too much debt. Their hands were tied, so to speak, so they weren't allowed to give. Our hands are tied with debt, and we can't give even if we wanted to. That's why I'm so excited about what's going on with this financial peace stuff and to know that some of you are getting out of debt. Not that you're going to be throwing everything in the offering plate that comes by that's extra and we're going to have to tell you to quit giving. It's not that. It's just that we're going to be freed up. You're not going to have that debt. And, and the thing that I liked about that story, it says, for all those 
who were willing to come and do the work. And for all those who were willing to give, nobody's forcing anybody to give. They did it because they wanted to. So as you get out of debt and your heart is that you want to give toward this church or, or other things and other ministries, you're going to do that because you're willing and, and you're happy to do it. And the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And you're going to be blessed because of that. That's what we want for you. We want you to be freed up so you can do what God wants you to do. And it's awesome to see the things that God is actually doing. And so this little story here in these scriptures, I think it's just a glimpse of what people can do for the kingdom of God if we were debt-free, not restrained in our giving. To know that that debt can be gone. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. So, so I'm excited about what God's already doing. And next week we're going to hear a lot more stories about different stuff that's happening. What, what God's already doing in the lives of people. What God's going to continue to do in the lives of people. The short-term success that you've already experienced and seen in your life. And the things that are going to be longer or later on down the road that you're going to experience from being obedient to Him with your finances is going to just be amazing as God continues to use this uh, with finances. Uh, in our in our lives. So if, um, as I said earlier, you know, if God can do all the things that I share with you and more, knowing that we've got two point two two point three million dollars of debt, what could He do when we don't have that? Now, there's one thing I think we said it, but I want I want to say it, and I want to be clear about it. Y'all just doing this sermon series and we're just doing financial peaks because y'all going to be having a building program and you're just trying to ramp us up and get us all uh, excited and you're going to just be asking us to give money toward the building. That's not why we're doing it. I can tell you that. That's not why we're doing it. As we've always said, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And hopefully by giving a start and helping give you a jump start, uh, to be able to be in part of something like financial peace that's going to get you on the road and that's going to free you up. Our goal is not for you to, for us to then somehow manipulate you into giving to a building fund. We don't want to do that. But here's the thing that I will say. Are, is there going to be a time, and, and we have a future development fund now, and is there going to be a time as things are coming together, we're still planning, we're still looking, but when we say, hey, this is what we want to do, this is probably what it's going to cost, this is what we're going to need, are we going to ask you to give to that? Would we not be crazy to not ask you to give to that? If we don't believe in what we're doing in such a way that we would ask you to support it, I would hope that you would not come back to this church. So, yeah, we're going to ask you, but I'm, we're going to ask you in a way that this scripture says for everybody who's willing to give, we're not going to course you we're not going to make you feel bad or different if you don't give but here's the thing that we talked about we know a lot of you want to do that we know a lot of you want to be a part of that when it happens you're going to be excited and you're going to want to give even if you're giving now you might want to give more and so hopefully we're going to be providing this for you so that you can be freed up when that time comes to really give the way that you know god wants you to give that's the goal and that's going to be awesome so i'm going to close and here, here's what i want you to think about What can Freedom Fellowship do for the kingdom of God when we are debt-free? Not if. When we are debt-free. I'm looking forward to it. 
I don't know what it looks like, but I'm excited about the future of this church. So pray with me. God, you own everything. And I pray this morning that you just help us to really grab a hold of that if we never have. And I thank you for what I've seen you do in some of these people's lives. I've literally seen in a group that we're in uh, a difference on a face of somebody coming and there's been a smile by them being able to say, I paid off three credit cards. There's been a relief in the voice of being able to say, we don't have this debt anymore. There's, there's been a sense of excitement and joy from people being able to say, I didn't think we'd ever be able to save $1,000, but we have $1,000 in the bank in case something happens that we don't have to go back into debt to try and pay for whatever the unexpected is going to be. Thank you that you help us with that. And so my prayer, Lord, again, for the, everybody who's a part of this, for our whole church, for everybody who comes here. Maybe there's, there's new people here this morning. They're, they're hearing this for the first time, that they really understand the heart of this church and what you want. Just your blessings on us as we're, first of all, obedient to you. And then as we look at our finances, what can we do for your kingdom? What do you have in store for us? What are the successes that are coming for us down the road that we couldn't even possibly imagine today? So thank you for that. Help us to stay excited. Help us to stick with it. Help us to stay with you. Help us to continue to look at our resources as your resources and that we're just managers. We're dependent on you and we know that you'll help us and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.